You're listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Coming up, our CEO series concludes with Australia Post's Paul Graham. The HCC sues Qantas and we wrap reporting season as it comes to an end. Here's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 31st of August, 2023. Later on Market Day, we'll speak with Ben Clark from TMS Capital. But first, we will start with Australia Post, which is seeking regulatory changes to make it profitable, and those changes will impact consumers. It comes that it's posted a full-year loss before tax of $200 million. For more, I spoke with its CEO, Paul Graham. Paul, Australia Post recorded a $200 million pre-tax loss, the second since 1989, and you say further losses are expected unless Australia Post can secure necessary support required to modernise its business. So, what kind of support are you seeking and how will it modernise the business? Well, we've got uh, two, two parts of that uh, question. The first is the things that we can do as an organisation, uh, which is drive efficiency, drive our costs from our business, deliver better services, uh, and that's obviously uh, within our own gift, and we're driving that hard through our post-26 strategy. The second thing does rely on the government. We are regulated by the 1989 Postal Act, which I think most people would agree is not that relevant to a 21st century business. And three key issues uh, in relation to that regulation. One is the price of a stamp. Uh, we'd like more commercial freedom in establishing the price of a stamp, particularly for corporate customers because today uh, the corporate price is linked to the consumer price so we actually have to put the price of a stamp up for the consumer before we can raise the price of a corporate stamp which does not make sense. The second thing is in relation to the frequency of mail. Currently we are regulated to deliver mail five days a week in the metropolitan area, 98.5% on time. We're seeing a significant decline uh, in our mail volumes. For example, since 2018 uh, mail volumes have declined by 800 million articles uh, but we've delivered to over 800 thousand more delivery points because the population is growing and we're adding obviously more and more addresses as we go so that's not sustainable and what we'd like to do is get logical reform that ties the delivery of mail to the decline of mail so as mail continues to decline we will adapt the frequency and what that will enable us to do not just to uh, reduce cost but also to actually put even more focus on our growing parcel business and then the third thing is in relation to our post office network uh, we have 4,276 post offices uh, more post offices than there are Woolies, Coles, Aldi, IGA and Foodworks combined so it's easier to buy a stamp than is a loaf of bread which doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, We're very very clear on the commitment that uh, we make every single day to regional and rural Australia and happy to continue making that commitment. There's 1199 places in regional Australia we are now the only bank so we will always be there providing that service. However in metropolitan areas uh, we have some areas with significant overlap place like Brunswick we've got over 70 post offices in that neighborhood that does not make sense to us and we'd be looking to the government to give us the flexibility to change that network over time but these changes will not happen quickly we're a very big complex business Uh, they will take a number of years to come into effect but we believe with those changes uh, for logical reform as well as the things that we can do ourselves that we will be able to turn this business around to a profitable business in the forthcoming years. But how do you sell that, especially to the consumer? I guess those three points that you made there, control over the price of stamps, frequency of mail and post office numbers, I guess they don't necessarily benefit the consumer, do they? Yeah, look, the average consumer spends less than a cup of coffee on sending mail every year. uh, So we don't think that's a major financial burden. Uh, The price of a stamp will impact 
predominantly corporates. Uh, at the moment, uh, corporate Australia gets subsidised by the consumer price, uh, which does not make sense to us. So we don't think that's a major imposition. Uh, people are telling us they don't want their mail five days a week. In fact, most people don't get mail five days a week. The average household gets, gets less than uh, two and a half letters a week. So it's not a major issue for them. What they do want is parcels, five, six, or indeed in some cases, seven days a week. And by getting the right reform, we'll be able to flex our network to focus more on our parcel business. And in relation to post offices, yes, we're very sensitive to the issue, particularly in regional and rural Australia, and happy to make a commitment around our presence in those places. Uh, but uh, in other areas, the overlap is very significant. Uh, and what we see is the ability to close uh, post offices. That revenue stays in the network. It flows to other post offices nearby and therefore makes them more sustainable. We believe with the right reform uh, that over the next number of years, we'll actually be able to deliver more service touch points for Australia Post than exist today and have 36% extended operating hours because of the flexibility that we'll be able to provide to our customers. So we think the end game is actually going to be a better experience, but obviously it's a large network and it will take us time to implement these changes. On service, is there a delivery problem though? I've heard of some stories where customers say they've received an alert about a missed delivery, yet they've been home the whole time and there was no such delivery made. No, absolutely not. In fact, our NPS, our customer feedback scores, are the highest they've been in five years. So uh, we continue to improve that service. Look, we send half a billion parcels a year, uh, and we're not perfect. Uh, there are issues, uh, you know, uh, from time to time around that service. In relation to customers saying that, you know, uh, we, we tried to deliver a parcel, but they weren't home, uh, we've introduced our new digital carding service, which not only allows them to digitally receive that card, but will also show them that we were there on their door that because we'll have a GPS code in that digital app that will show that we were actually there at their doorstep trying to deliver it. A lot of cases, uh, people are not at home or they don't hear the doorbell or whatever it may be. We're very conscious of that. Uh, and what we're continuing to do is invest in that digital capability uh, and in using technology to validate that we indeed are at your premises. We are attempting to deliver uh, and therefore sending you uh, that, that digital alert. But our MPS score is high. But we recognise we're only as good as our last parcel. But we do believe that the right level of reform will allow us to focus even more on our parcel business. And that's the number one thing that our customers are telling us. I want my parcel. I'm not that interested in my mail because it's usually a bill. Uh, and the price of a stamp doesn't really bother me because the only thing I send is the occasional Christmas card or birthday card. My conversation with Paul Graham from Australia Post continues. So with all this structural change, as you mentioned, uh, less frequency of the use of um, envelopes and, and letters being delivered, for example, what do you see the role of Australia Post? Yeah, look, we believe it's a glass half full scenario with the right level of reform. Uh, we are the dominant parcel player in the country and dominant e-commerce player, and we see that as an area uh, of great growth. We think that business will double in the next 10 years. So certainly being the nation's number one delivery provider is something that uh, we believe uh, uh, continues to be a big part of our future. Uh, we see our branch network continue to play an important role, uh, particularly as an annex to our delivery network, as well as financial services, such as bank at post, uh, and a range of other over-the-counter services that either are unique to Australia Post or that we're providing where others have decided they don't want to be in that business, be it passport renewal, be it topping up your phone card, be it getting foreign exchange. Uh, we see those areas as, as future growth, but we are transitioning, as you say, from a traditional mail carrier uh, into what we call a 21st century e-commerce, retail, digital and mail business.
Back on that regulatory reform, just what kind of dialogue are you having with the government on that? And when do you expect it to happen? I mean, could it be weeks away, months away or years away? Well, we hope sooner rather than later, because every day that goes by without reform is another day that it makes it harder for us to get back to profitability. Uh, we've been working very closely uh, with the government in relation to uh, the options around reform. The government released a public submission in April, asking the public and, uh, and other businesses for their view. They got a thousand submissions, uh, and those submissions uh, will inform the government as to what reform they're willing to support. They've released 140 of those uh, to the public, uh, and we've read them obviously, and they basically concur with our own research, which is the price of a stamp is nearly here nor there. It's less than a cup of coffee. Mail frequency, I don't even look at my letterbox every day now because I don't get that much mail. It's about parcels. And yes, uh, I'm sensitive around the post office network, but I also recognize that there are far less people going into the post office than traditionally are there. So uh, we continue to work with the government very closely. Uh, we are hopeful that it's sooner rather than later that they come back and publicly commit to what level of reform they're willing to support. Uh, but as I say, every day that goes by is a day that it makes it harder for us to get back on that sustainable journey. Uh, and therefore, uh, we would hope uh, that any uh, public advice on the government's intentions uh, would happen sooner rather than later. And finally, a question I've been asking all CEOs during profit reporting season. What is Australia Post's position on the Indigenous voice to Parliament? Why? And are you financially backing the campaign one way or another? Yes, well, we, uh, our, our position is very clear. We are a neutral party. We have no opinion either way. Uh, we are involved very heavily uh, in the execution of the referendum. All the pamphlets are being distributed by Australia Post, the 12.8 million. Uh, and we will also be distributing all the ballots and recovering those ballots uh, from places like Antarctica and the Cocos Islands and obviously the remote Indigenous communities. So our focus is solely on making sure we execute that flawlessly to ensure that everybody's vote counts and to ensure that the information that uh, the government uh, wants to get into people's hands is there in the time frame they require. Paul Graham there, the CEO of Australia Post. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market rose today, but only just. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.1%, 7,305. Profit numbers from Harvey Norman today and news from Qantas, the ACCC suing it. For more details on all of that, I spoke with Ben Clark. He is a portfolio manager at TMS Capital. Been a quiet day today despite some Chinese stimulus and ahead of US jobs data due out tomorrow and we're wrapping up the month. So what more can you tell us? Look, it's been broadly flat, the market, but there's been a lot going on. Um, we saw a decent sell-off at the start of the month, a rally at the end of the month as rate concerns started to diminish and we saw some stimulus coming out of China. But August, as always, has been all about the individual results and there's been a lot of volatility in individual share prices through the month. OK, let's speak about one of them with profit reporting season approaching the end. Harvey Norman, one of the major ones today. Can you put its $540 million profit in context? It is down about 34%, but it's better than expected. Yeah, look, Harvey Norman did pre-report. So the market was expecting roughly that number and it's coming just a smidge ahead of where the market was at. I think it's actually the trading update for the current year, which has seen a bit more positivity in the share price. 
They've advised that in the, the second half sales numbers have sort of continued into July, but the market's expecting quite a significant drop off in profit this year, about 20%. And so, um, you know, that's why we've seen a positive reaction to the share price. The consumer's proving pretty resilient. Okay. Um, what's your take on profit reporting season as a whole? I think generally it's probably been a bit better than expected. I mean, the, the weakness this year has been resources, and that's its directly opposed to last year because of the strong commodity prices after the invasion of Ukraine. The resource companies are cycling against that very strong year now, so their numbers look weak on face value, but still have been pretty good. But by and large, I think, you know, most analysts have been surprised, particularly at the resilient consumer. Uh, it, it's not like we're seeing great growth, but certainly numbers are holding up better than the market thought they would. The HBC today suing Qantas for the alleged sale of cancelled flights. Did that have any direct impact on the stock? It has, and that's a bit unusual. And I, I think this is starting to really rattle investors' nerves. You know, we, we've seen Qantas feels like it's losing loyalty. There's political pressure on the government to explain this decision to block Qatar. And these sort of cases only add to that pressure on government and ultimately on what could be a less profitable Qantas going forward. Finally, where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? I think one area that's underperformed has been healthcare. Um, we've seen actually a pretty solid set of numbers out of a lot of healthcare stocks, but it feels like they're being used as funding to get into the, um, the more interesting parts of the market. But healthcare has still got a great tailwind. Valuations look undemanding. And there's still um, really good earnings growth being reported from a lot of good quality healthcare businesses. Clark there from TMS Capital. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music.